Would you turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1? Genesis chapter 1. I want to bring a, a, a teaching to you today. Not, not necessarily going to preach today a, a teaching. And uh, many of you, if not most of you know, that Kelly and I, we, uh, we took off for uh, last week and flew over to uh, New York, our first trip to the East Coast. And uh, we love New York. We stayed with some dear pastor friends of ours, Dr. Michael and Rhonda Spencer, stayed at their house in uh, Horseheads, New York, and uh, had a great time. We drove up to Canada, um, Niagara Falls, and uh, while that was pretty cool, I'm told that here in Idaho, Shoshone Falls has more water that goes over that than Niagara Falls. So can we just give the Lord a great big hand for that? I just love Idaho. Um, We had a great time. We had a great time, but um, the traveling was atrocious. You guys know that uh, I am a white-knuckle flyer. Flying is just like poison. One drop kills. Um, So we spent about nine hours in airports because of flight delays. Nine hours. And you guys know how high-strung I'm wired. Um, it It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. And uh, we finally landed in uh, Elmira, New York, at probably, what was it, Cal, maybe 11.30, something like that. Dr. Michael and Rhonda, they, they drove there to pick us up. And is there anyone else in the house, if something is going to happen, it's going to happen to you? Thank you. You're out for dinner and you look in your salad, this happened to me, and there's an inchworm. Wasn't in Kelly's salad, it was in my salad. How many can just identify and give me a little bit of love and say I'm a little bit like you, Pastor Monty? Okay, thank you. So we landed and we're there at 11.30 and, and it's just a real small airport. And uh, the luggage rack, which was about the size of one of our communion tables, was doing this and here comes Kelly's suitcase. And we waited and waited and waited and the little luggage thing stopped. I mean, you know, when it stops, you're in trouble. And I'm going, why couldn't it have been Kelly's suitcase that was lost? So um, we got home about midnight, 1230, and I was scheduled to teach to all of his staff, all of his pastors, all of his interns Tuesday morning, and I had traveling in shorts and, you know, my old shirt, and Kelly's horrified. And, and right next to the hotel, uh, Dr. Spencer said, Pastor, your, your flight has been so stressful, we are going to put you up in a nice hotel for the night. And right across from the hotel is a men's warehouse. I've never shopped in men's warehouse before, but I, I will. They, I, they, I got there an hour early and they were closed, but someone was inside turning on the lights. They opened the door just so that I could buy an outfit to teach on that day. And uh, I thought I'd give you a picture. Um, some of you vacation or travel vicariously through Kelly and I. And... Uh, I thought I'd give you my favorite picture from our New York trip. Could we, could we put that up right now? Yes. Yes. I had separation anxiety. All of my mountain bike stuff was in there. I had a couple of mountain bike rides planned there. So anyway, praise the Lord. Let's give our hand, let's put our hands together and give Jesus a great big hand. We're going to jump in right now. We are concluding our series called Adulting Today. I want to do a very, very quick review. Um, Week one, we talked about the importance of priorities. To seek first 
the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and if we'll do that, all the stuff that we have need of, the Bible says, will be added to us. The Lord said, what, pro- what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? How many recognize we don't want to gain the world and lose our soul? We want to be effective in this world that God has called us to reach and one day spend eternity with Him. Can you say amen? Week number two, and you can get all of this on our, uh, on our website as well. We talked about this crazy phenomenon called failure to launch. Failure to launch. Now, it is a, it, it's, it's a literal term in the natural, but we really champion the spiritual element of that. And aren't you grateful that you're a part of a church that we do not fail to launch? In November, we're going into Boise. Can you scream a great big amen? We are sixth campus, so we're real excited about that. Um, and by the way, we celebrated our young adult leader, uh, Jacob, who just the night before, two weeks ago... He launched out of his parents' basement into his very first apartment, and we celebrated that. And then last Sunday, Kelly and I were in, uh, we were in New York, and Pastor Jordan lit up. We lit up the house, and uh, such a powerful, powerful message on the importance of our attitude. And we got to watch part of that, the 930 service, while we were driving to uh, pray over the launch of Dr. Spencer and Rhonda's very first campus that they were launching. So I want to talk to you today about, as we conclude, conclude about a very kind of catchy um, O title, if you will, and, and that is Watch Your Mouth. I want to talk to you today about the words that we speak, and I want to set the tone right off the bat. There are some of us here today that you have had, we have had words spoken over us that if we are not careful will create residue in our lives so that we will never attain who God desires us to attain to. More than doing, God is more important than us becoming. So I want to talk to you about the importance of the words that we speak. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, let your conversation, your words, be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now, why don't you just take a kind of internal audit right now? Are the words that we speak, are they filled with grace, seasoned with salt, so that we can know how to answer everyone. Now, is there anyone else that would kind of take the mask off? You look great on the outside, but inward, you've still not arrived, and there are areas that the Holy Spirit is still working on. Is there anyone other than me? Can you just help me out today? And and just raise your hand and say, you know what? Even in this topic, the words that I speak, that, that I'm a work in progress. Anyone that's a work in progress, can we just put our hands together? Come on, and say, Lord, thank you for not giving up on us yet. And he never will. So number one, would you write this down? We create our world with words. We create our world with words. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 3, then God said. Verse 6, then God said. Verse 9, then God said. Verse 11, then God said. Verse 14, then God said. Verse 20, then God said, I like verse 22, and God blessed them. Somebody say a great big amen. Then God said, verse 24, next page in your Bible if you have mine. Verse 26, then God said, and I want to read this, let us, we're talking about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our 
image according to our likeness. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28, then God blessed him. Verse 29, then God said, and I want to land on verse 32. The Bible said, then God saw everything that he made, and indeed, it was very good. Look at your neighbor and say, God created you in the image, in his image, and he created you perfect. Can you say, come on, can you say good amen? You have been created in the image of God. We serve a God who is a speaking God. The Bible said that with his words that he spread out the stars in the heaven. And according to scripture, he calls every single one by name. He knows how many hair are on the top of your head. But how many know some of us, that's not hard. (laughs) Resemble that statement. I want to talk to you about the importance of words. Watch your mouth. With your words, we literally frame the worlds. According to God's Word, He spoke and created everything that existed. And you know that scientists, they believe that, that the, the universe, the expanse of the universe is still being created. It is still being shaped. It is still being formed. Don't you know the Word of God will never, ever cease? Can you say amen? So, so the words that we speak will literally flame, uh, uh, frame our lives. What is coming out of your mouth right now is shaping your life and your world. Dear ones, you need to understand you were created in the image of God, and your words, my words, our words are powerful. And the words that we speak help shape and frame the lives that we live. Um, You know, it's a proven statistic that 80% of prisoners were told by an authority figure that they're going to end up in prison. Our words are are filled with prophecy. That's why when we we have two children, Bethany and and Ryan, and and I kind of had a thing. Any parents in the house? Let me see your hand. Parents parents in the house. I, I would tuck them in every single night, and I would just speak the blessings of God. I would speak words of affirmation, words of blessing, words of victory, words of destiny over my daughter, over my son. Every night of their lives, I tuck them in unless I was out outside traveling in another state or town. Your words are significant and have power. I don't know about you. I don't want the world telling my daughter, my son, who they are. I want it to come from their daddy. Mike, any grandparents in the house? Let me see your your hands and a foot up. Come on. I want to shape their lives by the words that I speak over my Jada Ray Wheeler, my Jackson Danger Wheeler. Yes, my grandson's middle name is Danger. I know if he lives up to that name, he'll be just like his papa. Amen. Uh, my Brighton Ray Sears, my Jaslyn Danielle Sears, I want to make sure that I take the place in their life and I speak words of affirmation, words of hope, words of destiny over their life. If that's you, can you say amen? Our words are the seeds that we plant in the lives of our loved ones. Our words are the seeds that we plant in our own hearts and our own lives. Listen closely. Powerful, positive, faith-filled words create powerful, positive, faith-filled people and future. What kind of life are you shaping with your words? Well, I'm just a single mom. 
Well, I've been divorced. Well, I didn't make it financially. Well, my business didn't. Listen, you are shaping your life by the words that you are planting. I don't know about you. You are not what you're going through. You are not a failure. You might have made a mistake, but listen, learn from that mistake and then don't repeat it. Can you say amen? Great truth. And I'd like for all of you to write this down. Learn to see yourself as God sees you. Let me say it again. Learn to see yourself as God sees you. Now, nobody shout amen here, but I've failed a few times in life. Please don't shout amen. God doesn't see me as a failure. He sees me as his son, his child. He, the Bible said that the redemption of their souls is costly. That world, redemption of their souls is costly. That word costly is used only once in Scripture. And it literally means God bankrupt heaven to redeem our lives. Can we just put our hands together and say thank you, Lord, for your sending your son to die that we might live. I don't know about you, but uh, when we uh, speak words of affirmation, words of faith, it enlarges our lives. You are strengthening your life when you speak words of courage. We reap the future from the things that we sow regarding our words. Number two, would you write this down? We release power with our words. Would you please turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18? Proverbs chapter 18. I'd like to read verse 21, Proverbs chapter 18. The Bible says in verse 21, it, it, it is a powerful scripture. Listen, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love it will eat its fruit. You possess the power through the words that you speak. It is power of life or power of death. And there are some of us here today, you have had words of death spoken over you. An authority figure, a former spouse. You know, look the way you used to look, and I'm out of here. Hey, Bubba, look in the mirror. Our words contain the power of death or of life. Now, I wonder, those of us who have had words of, of death spoken over us, my, my story, those of you who knew, um, I came six inches from being aborted. My bio daddy gave some pills to my mom and just said, just ingest the pills, you'll abort the fetus. You'll abort the fetus. My mom opened her mouth and got within six inches, and she tells a story that something stopped me. I got to believe it was not a something. I got to believe it was a someone that stopped her that day, almost 59 years ago. Come on, are you with me? Can you say amen? I was told most of my adult life that, that I was an accident. I'd never amount to anyone, anything. You're stupid. Why couldn't you be smart like? I, I was told you're a mistake. I was told one day that, that you are not even my son. And that's how I found out I was adopted. And then I met Jesus. And he would speak words of affirmation over me. I, I was a, just born again out of the drug culture. And God would speak words of mercy over my life. Words of peace. Words of grace. Oh, Monty, you are not an accident. You are here because of the divine design of a supernatural sovereign God who's never made a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not a mistake. You're not unwanted. You are wanted. You are valued. You are loved. You are my son. 
And I was walking around the church early this morning praying, I want to pray over those of us who have had words of death spoken over us. And I'd like you to bow your hearts, close your eyes, those of you who are watching. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I know there's many that are here that have had not words of affirmation, but words of death spoken over them. Our words have the power of life or death to build up or to tear down. And Lord, there's been a lot of people that have, um, through lies or gossip, or uh, just tried to tear our lives down. And Father, we come against that in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would sever that by the blood of Jesus shed on a cross 2,000 years ago. The labels that people have placed on our lives, I ask in Jesus' name that you would remove them. That we are not who people have said we are. We are people of God, filled with your Spirit. You love us. And Lord, I pray that our words would be words that would build up, words of affirmation, words of peace, words of hope in Jesus' name, and that the Word of God, the words from the love letter, the Bible, would far supersede any hurtful or harmful words that have been spoken over our lives. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Can you say a great big amen? Amen. Can can we just put our hands together one more time and celebrate His love for us, the words that He speaks over us. We release power with our words. Um, I'm going to date myself just a little bit. Uh, I know this probably is not spoken anymore, but back in the day, uh, we used to have this saying, sticks and stones. Can, Can you help me out? One, two, three. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but... Words will never hurt me. Do you know how untrue that is? Matter of fact, we have a picture we want to show. It's a picture that Pastor Jordan, or or maybe Cassie. I just wanted to sink in. Sticks and stones won't break my bone, or will break, but words will. That picture was drawn by a young girl representing what her parents were speaking over her. Your words have power. Mom and dad, grandparents, speak words of life. Speak words of affirmation. Christians, don't hang out with people like that. Hang out with people who are building you up, who are challenging you in your most holy faith, who love you so much that they won't talk about you, they'll talk to you. We have a a, a battlefield that we're dying on, and that is there is zero gossip allowed at Christian Faith Center. And we have a statement. It's in the membership class. Don't talk about someone. Talk to them. I'm not saying I was a church in trouble. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, don't talk about somebody. Talk to them. And be the first to forgive. Be the first to get out of your way and utilize and leverage the words that God has put in your heart to love and to forgive, words of peace, words of mercy, words of forgiveness. I don't know about you. Is there anyone in the house that's ever been forgiven? (laughs) 
also we release power with, with our, our words. Um, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 22 and 23. From a wise mind uh, comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy to the body. Um, Kelly and I, we, we, we moved here and we were under tremendous uh, stress and pressure in that uh, everyone we visited had manicured lawns and plants that were amazing. Uh, we had a get-together at Mac and Cheryl's house and they have a backyard, I mean the backyard of back, and everything was perfect. And we move here and Kelly and I have what's called a brown thumb. Even silk plants don't have a chance. That's how bad we are. But do you know studies have been done that plants grow better when female voices speak to them? I just need some of the girls start speaking to my hair. I've been in the altar area after the service today. It's true. Negative words kill. Positive words produce growth. Uh, A female voice caused the plants in the study to grow two inches taller than their male voice counterparts. The female voice seemed to be nurturing, and I don't know about you, but as a guy, I'm going, bummer, why couldn't it have been the guy's voice? Although, how many ever had a mama that she was a precious and is a precious lady? She had a soothing voice, but she could bring it when it was necessary. Um... We're a little bit renowned in Oroville, California, the three Sears boys. I'm the oldest, Monty, Marty, and Boydie. And we played tackle football inside the house. We played baseball, hardball inside the house. We wrestled every night. One time we were playing with uh, one of those bow and arrows. It wasn't a sharp arrow. It was just that, that suction arrow thing. And my daddy walked in, and my little brother Boydie let go, and it stuck right on my daddy's head. Um, but but it was it was common for my my, my little petite athletic mama to say because my father worked out of town he would come home maybe uh, on weekends every now and then and, and she would say these words and not in a nurturing way she would say Monty Marty and Boydie but with passion I brought you into this world and I am fully capable of taking you out of this world. But it didn't stop there. It will not be fast, and it will be painful. And you are buying the window that you just broke. That was my mama. So I just want to give some love for my mama. Words have power. Um, words have power. A couple of arenas. Would you write this down? Word have, words have power to heal. Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death. Anybody in the house, you've been physically healed by the Lord. Can I see your hands? Been physically healed by the Lord. I, I met a brother. I mean, it's just crazy. And he shared just a motorcycle accident, this, that, and that. It's just the Lord. How am I grateful for the, the provision and the protection of Almighty God? There are some of us here today. You shouldn't be here today, but God stepped in and intervened in your life. Somebody say good amen. Words have, have power. I, I really like that, snatching them from the door of death. The more authority God has given to you, the more 
potential your words have to either build up or tear down. Parents, grandparents, business owners, make sure you're alive. Your words, rather, are building people up. Um, our, our statement, our vision at Christian Faith Center is just simply loving people to life. We, we love people to life by our actions, but also the words that we speak. Um, I was uh, uh, at uh, Lowe's, let me get it right, Lowe's last Friday. And it was like, I need to buy a weed eater. And I thought I can either buy a weed eater or a goat <laughs> or a puppy. Kelly's saying no in public. Um, so I went to Lowe's, and I'm, uh, John Berriachoa, talking to John. Hey, bro, I, I, need, a, I need a weed eater. And um, you don't want me mixing gas. I'll get it wrong, and the thing will. And, and, and I can't figure out how to make the, the line come out when it stops coming out. I'm very, very mechanically declined. So talking to John, and, and this crazy, amazing couple comes walking up. And we just, I don't know, I just felt a God connection. And a lot of common interests, motorcycles, dirt bikes, handsome. Um, and uh, John jumps in. John jumps in. He said, oh, God saved me at Christian Faith Center. And I'm going, how cool is that? I didn't say that. John did to this. And actually, they're here. I don't want to point them out. But can you just welcome them? Give them a great big welcome to Christian Faith Center. Yeah, I don't want to point them out. I don't want to embarrass them. I can tell they're ornery. They're sitting right there. Um, but words have power. And, um, and as I was, was leaving with this $200 weed eater, um, I walked by this lady who was manning a little station in the lawn care area, and she was just kind of a little bit downtrodden, probably having a bad day or whatever. And she looked up and tried to, to give me a smile. And I said, ma'am, you have the most beautiful smile. I said, listen, you have such a great smile. You need to come to my church, Christian Faith Center. You need to be a part of our First Impressions team. And something inside of her, she just kind of threw her shoulders back a little bit. A little bit of a spark came back into her eyes, and she asked me for directions. I wonder what would happen if every single one of us would look for Holy Spirit opportunities and love somebody to life with the words that we speak over them. That was an interruption. I was going in and out. That was a, Interruptions often are God's way of messing you up to speak words of affirmation in life over somebody who needs it most. There are people out there that are not Christians yet. They're just looking for somebody to look them in the face and say, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. You are not what you're going through. Jesus loves you. And He has a tremendous plan for your life. It's bigger than anything you could ever hope or dream of. That's how somebody is just waiting for somebody here. What would happen if every single one of us would look for 10 people every week and speak words of life, speak words of affirmation? Somebody just having a horrible day behind the cast register. I have seen people just thrash them. Kelly and I always love them. Hey, it looks like you're having a rough day. I just want to let you know you're, you're doing a great job. I might be lying a little bit about doing a great job, but somebody just needs some hope. So, so our words are of the 
utmost importance. Number three, adulting. It's been a fun series. As a Christian, means learning to control our words. There's a book in the New Testament by the name of James written by Jesus' half-brother. And James is a book that hurts so good. And I would like for you to turn your Bibles to the book of James. The book of James, chapter 3. The book of James is right after Hebrews. The book of James, chapter 3. And I'd like to begin in in verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. Nobody claim that or say amen. If anyone does not stumble in, what does your Bible say? Word. Again, adulting as a Christian means learning to control your words. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although though they are so large and driven by fierce wind, they are turned by a very small rudder whenever, or wherever rather, the pilot desires. Even so, verse 5, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. Pretty profound. In essence, James is writing, if we can control the tongue, we can control our lives. If we can control our tongue, the words that we say, the words that we speak, God will control our lives. Just a couple of things I I want us to glean from this. Number one, it's possible to say the right thing with the wrong spirit. Has there ever been anyone that just broke into your, your space? You know, we all have this space. And anyone just got right in there. And they were saying words, trying to speak words over you. Uh, but it was coming from the wrong spirit. We have a classic example of that in the book of Acts chapter 16, verse 16 and 17. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. Demonic spirit. We are not called to read palms. We're called to read psalms. And to have nothing to do, horoscopes, all of that is devilish. One day we were going down to the house of prayer. Well, it's a good thing. We met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. Can, can I just say, th- those, those people who predict the future, if, that, you know, if they're so good, how come they haven't won the lottery? That was horrible. Let me get back to the word. Slave girl who had the spirit that enabled her to tell the future. She earned a lot of money from her masters by telling fortunes. Verse 17, she followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, and I quote, these men are are servants of the Most High God, and they have come here to tell us how to be saved. Was what she was saying wrong? No. What was wrong was the spirit in which it originated from. You see, you can say the right thing and still be wrong. The Bible talks about tests the spirit of what is being said. 
I don't care who it is. You've heard me say many, many times, Christian Faith Center isn't about me. It's about Jesus. It's not about the assemblies of God. It's about the kingdom of God. And I don't care who's standing behind a, a table or a pulpit. One of the greatest affirmations that I've ever received, it was my first church in, in Arizona, Parker, Arizona. I had a guy, he was a little crockety with me, and he just said, I just want to let you know something, preacher. I don't just take what you say and just believe it. I go home and study it. He was waiting for a little one of these. And I said, you know what? Thank you. I pray that everyone would do that. Test the spirit. If something is not lining up with the word, listen, something that's wrong will never be right. And something that's right will never be wrong. We need to say doctrinally pure. Somebody say a good amen. amen. So, so number, well, the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, do not believe everything you hear, but test to see if it's from God. Um, I, I, I used, to, I, I used to, to race motocross. I was known as a moto pastor. I, I raced all across America. Um, when I raced, I do chapel services. Uh, I usually took off about five to seven Sundays in Arizona uh, a month just to race international stuff. And I would give chapel services at the starting line. Might just be 30 or 100 there. And uh, it was just a 10-minute devotion. But those of you who know me, how many know I can do a lot of damage in 10 minutes? And uh, people were getting saved, and people were joining our church. It was wonderful. But I raced a real high-end uh, Yamaha YZ450, and I had Pro Circuit. They did my motor. They did my suspension, and it was a hot rod. But when I did that, I had to put uh, VP fuel in it. VP fuel is $10 a gallon. Praise God, the gas tank was only two gallons. <laughs> but if I didn't put VP fuel in it, there was some repercussions. I wonder what kind of fuel you're taking in regarding the words that you speak. I wonder what kind of fuel is coming out of your mouth to the people that you love or the people on the corner or the people at the restaurant. I don't know about you, but I think the words of God are high octane. Somebody say a good amen. I want to speak the word of God. I want the word of God to speak over my life. Um, so, the power source of the tongue is either heaven or hell. Look at verse 6. The Bible says, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by, what does your Bible say? By hell itself. So, number one, just something we're gleaning today is that it's possible to say the right thing with the wrong spirit. Number two, it's possible to say the right thing in the wrong way. Communication has very little to do with words. There's body posture. If I look you in the face and say, I love you. I mean, it doesn't matter what I said. Your posture, your tone, your volume... The passion and spirit behind your words are of the utmost importance. Uh, so it is possible to say the right thing in the wrong way. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27, whoever restrains his words have knowledge. Number three, it's possible to say the right thing in the wrong place. In the wrong place. 
Have you ever had someone a part of your team or a part of your family or a part of your life? They know, they knew that you're just going through it and they just hit you up anyway. The wrong timing, the wrong place. Let me, let me give you, uh, those of you who are, are brave enough to be married. Kelly and I have been married for 36 years and um, praise the Lord. Um, but we learned a lot about the power of our words. We both come from broken families. And um, the words that we would speak over our lives, because we well, I, I was very, very um, broken when Kelly and I met. She, was all, she gave her heart to the Lord at four years of age. Had a wonderful family she was raised in. But we learned the hard way regarding the destructive power of, of words, and maybe I did. That was an area that I really had to grow in when we first got married. So I'm just trying to tell you, your timing and your place are of the utmost importance. Environment makes a difference. Finally, number four, it's possible to say the right thing at the wrong time. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. How many want to have a long life? Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. Timing is everything. Watch your mouth. The words that you speak. Can we dim the lights for a moment? I'm going to close with something quite profound that's going to help many of us today. Thank you so much. I want to leave you with this challenge. Because there are some of you whose words have marked you, labels have marked you, We really struggle with that, don't we? And uh, early this morning, I, I just, God just gave me a few words, and I want to give them to you. God is never blind to your tears. He's never deaf to your prayers. He's never silent in your pain. He sees, He hears, and He will deliver. Somebody better say Amen. And I leave you with these words. The pain will end. The tears will stop. The doors will open. Miracles, blessing, provision will come. In Jesus' name. How many want to receive that? Can you stand to your feet all over the building? Let's stand up.